Hi, this is Donna Otto, and we are Modern Homemakers. And it's the middle of June, and we're winding down for the season with a few weeks left, and I'm wanting to gather some individual lessons on the four things that Modern Homemakers stands for. Trying to encourage women to be the women that God has created them to be, to be wives and mothers and homemakers. And today, I want to talk about godly childhood development. I've called this Godly Childhood Development 101 because I think it's the essentials. I have been teaching and talking about parenting for three and a half decades, almost four decades. And when it comes to how much information I can talk about children, I wanted to distill this to something that offered strong tools in different categories. So here is my distillation. Model authentic Christian life. Two, teach learning. Three, teach truth. And four, offer opportunities for character, character traits, character development, and disciplines. Now, I've distilled all the things I think I know about education and parenting into these four points. Don't worry so much about sports and courtesy and beauty and education and the long list of things that we teach people to be concerned about in parenting. They're like more than the Ten Commandments. They become so many different things that take us from one place to another place. So I want to just talk to you in these days about these four items. Model authentic Christianity. This is living a life for Christ before them. Be a mother who practices the presence of Christ. Sing of his name. Talk of his name. Stop. Pray out loud. See movies that matter. Watch television shows that reinforce the kind of truth that you want your children to believe in, to practice. Be a mother who is willing to have her children all the time. I have had so many women through the years of homemakers, homemakers by choice, modern homemakers, writing books and speaking to audiences full of wives and mothers who say, I have to get away. I need to be alone. I can't handle another minute of this noise. And I want to say to you, you should not be with your children 24-7. You should have a reprieve and a rest. You should make time for the children to be separated from you, to learn how to be by themselves, learn how to do things by themselves, learn how to read by themselves, and enjoy activities by themselves and with other friends. They do not need to be with mama all the time. But a mother who says, I have to get away, I need this, I can't handle these children, is a mother who says, I'm not willing to be with these children all the time, and they know it. So modeling authentic Christianity includes being a mother who receives these children as a gift from God and knows how to train them by living her own life in an authentic Christian way. Be a mother who knows the Word of God.
Mothers tell me all the time, I don't have time for prayer. I don't have time for reading the Bible. Um, We have many sessions on our podcast um, inventory that you can find on the website of Modern Homemaker that talk about Bible study, knowing the Word of God, knowing God. Be a mother who knows the Word of God. Be a mother who teaches trust and obedience and submission who understands authority, who doesn't yell about the policeman who just pulled her over because she was speeding. This is an authentic Christian woman who who does things wrong, who speeds, and who's sorry for speeding, but who is not running down the police officer for pulling her over because she was speeding. Be a mother who is cheerful. This is a state of the heart Elizabeth Prentice, who was a great, great friend, a writer, a friend to Elizabeth Elliot, who encouraged me to read all sorts of things in my lifetime with her. But Elizabeth Prentice wrote this marvelous quote, If you could once and for all make up your mind in the fear of God never to undertake more work of any sort that you can carry out calmly and quietly, without hurry or flurry. And the instant you feel yourself growing nervous, like one out of breath, would stop and take a breath, you'll find this simple common sense rule doing for you what no prayers and no tears could ever accomplish. Powerful words. If you could once and for all make up your mind to not undertake more work of any sort that you cannot carry out calmly and quietly without hurry and flurry. Hurry and flurry are my middle names. I say yes to things that I should say no to. I want, uh, as a young woman, I wanted to please everyone. Uh, I was so uncertain as to who I was and what God had called me to do or what I was required to do um, in my world or what I could choose to do. And I said, yes, 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 yes. Now, I must admit that I had a great capacity, a great capacity of energy. I still have a great capacity of energy, especially for a woman of my age. I used to think of my dear mother-in-law who said, if one more doctor says to me, well, Mrs. Otto, for a woman of your age, her face would just get fiery red for a woman of my age, she would say. Sternness is not the way to encourage your children in showing them you're too busy, there's too many things going on, you become stern and your kindness is withdrawn to them. Be a mother who models authentic Christian life in a real and practical way. I'm always drawn to Isaiah 55, who simply says to us, His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. Always his ways are higher than our ways. And then teach learning. Teach learning. Point number two, teach your children how to learn and why to learn and why they should be seriously interested in learning. Well, it's about 51 or two days 
after Easter, and often we look to what's next after Christ's 33 years on earth and three years of ministry and the last week of his life. And I occasionally go to the book of Acts because I think, well, after Christ came and left, the new church began. And so this year, I've been reading through Acts the last 50 days. And when I got to chapter 18, I was reminded of a man who's very little known about. He doesn't, his name isn't on everybody's list of people to know. His name was Apollos. His name was Apollos. And I remember as a young woman reading this and thinking, this is it. This is Apollos who understood what it was to learn and how to teach people how to learn. So I'm going to read out of Acts chapter 18, excuse me, verse 24. Now there came to Ephesus a Jew named Apollos. He was a native of Alexandria. Now listen to his credentials. He was an eloquent man, well-versed in the scripture. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and he spoke with burning enthusiasm and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus, though he knew only of the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue when Priscilla and Aquila heard him. They took him aside and explained the way of God to him more accurately. I still remember reading that and thinking, oh, I'm not like Apollos at all. Even if I had any of those credentials, like I might be eloquent or that I might know the scripture, but am I the kind of person that would let two people come and say, wait a minute, learned Apollos. Look at your credentials, Apollos. But now, let me tell you a way that's more accurate. I ruffle. I think I still ruffle. I say I want to learn, but often I want to learn only from people I want to learn from. And often I want to learn, but I want to learn on my timetable, not someone else's, or certainly God's timetable. So teach learning to your children. Teach your children to be willing to learn, to open their eyes, their ears, to books and people and individuals, and to learn things, especially things, through hard lessons of life. Three, the third of four characteristics of teaching your children. Teach truth. Truth is that God's ways are the best ways. His word is truth, and truth is always the best. Truth is always right. It doesn't mean it's always easy. It's almost certainly not easy. But in the end, it's best. The right way is always the right way. Truth is truth. And I love this phrase that's been running around for the last 25 years at least, that it, truth is always truth, no matter how few people are doing it, and wrong is always wrong, no matter how many people are doing it. Though you have an 8-year-old or a 12-year-old or a teenager saying, but mom, everybody's doing it. 
Everybody has a pair of those shoes. Everybody's going to this event. Truth is always truth, no matter how few people are doing it. Teach your children to be able to understand the difference between right and wrong, truth and lies. Lies lies ruin life. Lies ruin relationships. Lies matter because when you say something false to someone you care about, you are messing with an important part of who they are. When they get to high school, they be able to stand this test. Truth is about lacking in fear and being strong in faith. Fear and faith do not coincide together. Can we have fear and faith at the same time? Can you be fearful and then try to bring that fear into faith? Yes. So there are five false fears about parenting that can be handled with truth. Children may make life-dominating mistakes. My children will not turn out right or like others. Our family will fail unless we do dot, 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 dot. Four, a family member may die or be seriously wounded or sick, and then what will happen? And five, my children will not find God as their friend. These false Fears can be handled with truth. These fears which cause us to be paralyzed, to deny the providence of God, to cause us to become controlling and training, not teaching, forcing, not teaching. They can cause us to be angry and cause us to be cowardly. These truths that God calls us to receive are important to the educating of our children. I want to read to you from 1 John chapter 4. First, you know, there's the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then right before the end of the Bible, there is 1st first and 2nd, 3rd John. And 1st John has five chapters of it. And so we're going to 1st John chapter 4, verse 18 and 19. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not reached perfection in love. We love because he first loved us. Love. We live in a different world, certainly, than I lived in when I began parenting, Our daughter just turned 52 years old, a parent herself of teenage children. It's it's not the things that we are experiencing in our country are things we thought were only existent in third world countries. 25, 35 years ago, I should say, the five greatest fears for preschoolers were animals, dark rooms, strangers, high places, and loud voices. None of those are on the list of greatest fears for preschoolers today. Today, the list is divorced parents, muggings, carjacks, drive-by shootings, massacre shootings, abductions, molestations, rape. These are the things that children encounter and become afraid of. We must do our best and leave the rest, but 
concentrating on teaching the truth. And then lastly, offer opportunities for character and discipline development. Offer opportunities. So as a mother in the house, whether you're homeschooling or not homeschooling, there are things that you offer as an opportunity as you build the character of your children. You offer them opportunities for developing discipline. I don't know about you, but I've never met a child who's three or four who wants to start a job, stay with a job, and finish a job. They want to start a job and then go off and do something else. And if they have any kind of what's very common children development today, ADHD or the likes of any form of that, starting a job and staying with a job is even harder. So I've made a list, a simple list, and I'm going to read them to you. Um, I believe there are nine of them, there may be 11, of things that I think are character development essentials and can be done in forms of discipline development. Forgiveness. I go right for the hardest one first. Forgiveness. Teach them the Lord's Prayer. Teach them the Lord's Prayer. Recite the Lord's Prayer to them. Model forgiveness. But give them opportunity for the discipline of forgiveness. I would also encourage you to read Colossians 3, 13 and 14. Compassion. Compassion. Loving kindness. The word compassion is a word that is strongly used all through the scripture, but the epistles especially. And Colossians 3, chapter 3, verse 12, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, he says, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. How do we learn to clothe ourselves with compassion unless we learn and have opportunities for this character development as a young person? Submissiveness. Submissiveness. Oh, now we're not talking about marriage and husbands and wives. I have a strong voice about what I think that really means, and it begins with mutual submissiveness, but we're not talking about that today. But how do you teach someone to be submissive? Second John verses four through six talk about loving one another. And Ephesians 5 tells us to cheerfully, cheerfully love one another. How do we learn to be submissive to someone? We learn to be cheerful in our makeup. And we learn to understand that we are not always right and we cannot always have our way. And in parenting, you have an opportunity for these real life things to happen and help your children walk through it with them and understand what it means to submit to their brother, to their sister, to their teachers, to their pastor, to their neighbors, certainly to their parents. Teach your children to have opportunities to be prayerful. That means not being afraid to pray aloud and not being afraid to pray together. The Sermon on the Mount, three of my most favorite chapters in the entire Bible, found in Matthew, chapters 5, 6, and 7, where we also find the Lord's Prayer. But he says to us, whatever you do, when you're giving alms, 
or when you're being prayerful, don't do it so everybody can see it. Don't go to the church and say a loud prayer out loud. Teach your children to be quietly, regularly prayerful. Many women say to me, I don't know what to do when my children come in and find me praying. I, I just take a gasp always when I hear that. I think you should rejoice and be glad. You should ask your children to join you. I remember a dear saint when I was a young woman who said to me, nobody was hungry or thirsty in my house until I had finished my prayers. <laughs> nobody was hungry or thirsty in her house. Well, she was setting a model before her children that praying was far more important than breakfast or a drink or coffee or any of the things that so often start us off on the wrong side of the, the day. So in the Sermon on the Mount, he tells us to be prayerful, to give in such a way that we don't know what the right hand is doing from the left hand. Gracious. Gracious, another word for gracious, is kindness. Psalm 111 verse 4 says, The Lord is gracious. The Lord is always gracious. And I can tell you with some embarrassment that I remember coming to that word as a young woman, being so confused, because I thought a gracious woman was a woman who did this and this and this. And none of that had to do with inner quality. It only had to do with making people feel welcome and putting others first. And those were good things. Don't misunderstand me. They were good things. But graciousness is an act of God. God is gracious, and so he calls us to be gracious. I have two more. Teach your children a solid work ethic. Do not do all the work in the house for your children. Do not. If we are talking about learning as they grow, learning together in the confines of the house, then we must learn to work together. And if you're all like me, I not only want the work to be done, I want it to be done well. And when my daughter started learning how to iron her daddy's handkerchiefs, they were not ironed very well. Often I would find them, she had sprayed them with water to get them easy to iron, as I had shown her, but she had sprayed them and sprayed them and then folded them and folded them and piled them up, and I had a pile of very damp handkerchiefs. Teach your children a solid work ethic. The Proverbs, which is full of practical advice, tells us in Proverbs 10, 4, a slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. We're not talking about money here. We're talking about character development. We're not talking about working so that I'll have more. We're talking about a slack hand, which causes a poverty of life as well as a poverty of needs. Teach your children a solid work ethic. And then lastly, lastly for today, Teach your children to be courageous. Teach your children to be courageous. Teach them to be courageous in a way that's a boldness that comes from God, a boldness that belongs to God and God passes to us in our uh, taking steps of boldness that allow us to be 
leaning in on him. Uh, I still have in my very first study Bible, which I'm not using every day now, but you will find, if you ever looked at that, in Joshua, the first chapter, uh, in the first chapter of Joshua, starting at the eighth verse and ending at the ninth verse, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to act in accordance with all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous. Then you shall be successful. I hereby command you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened or dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Be strong and courageous. Over 50 years ago, over 50 years ago, I was a young mid-20s woman, and I met someone who said, do you have a life goal? Do you have a life phrase? Have you thought about at the end of your life? I had hardly thought about my life currently. I was in my mid-20s. The end of my life, I know I hadn't given it a thought. But this dear saint walked with me and talked with me for a long time, many months, and encouraged me to find words and ideals and character traits that were meaningful to me that I would want to build my life on. Fifty years ago, I wrote that I wanted to be a woman of courage. I can't tell you if I am. I'm sort of weepy about it, as you can tell. But I will tell you that I have allowed myself to be put in circumstances myself that I've allowed it for myself, that I might learn what courage looks like. And I'm asking you, moms, as you raise these children to model authentic Christian life, to teach learning and truth, and to give your children opportunities for character development and disciplines in their life. Help them to understand what big words like courage and discipline and generosity and honesty and self-restraint look like in real life. I'm Donna Otto, and this is Modern Homemakers. And remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a very uncommon day of training and teaching your children.